We all know that developing a great game is one thing, but developing a great game business can be something else entirely. That's why some of the top game developers in the industry use Iron Source's game growth platform to turn their amazing games into amazing game businesses. Now, when it comes to content, these guys don't mess around. You may have heard of the Level Up podcast and Medium blog, which feature game industry experts talking all things game design, development, and growth. Head to ironsource.com to learn more. That's www.ironsrc.com. Thanks. This podcast episode is also brought to you by AppsFlyer. Most of you are familiar with AppsFlyer. It's perhaps the best attribution platform on mobile, a true foundation for your marketing tech stack, giving you all the tools to drive marketing success. But what is attribution platform? Why do we need it? And why is AppsFlyer the best in the business? Brian Murphy, head of games at AppsFlyer. Can you answer these questions? Sure. Uh, right now, marketing budgets are being impacted. Uh, so the need for strong attribution and measurement partners is critical. Marketers should be focusing on what's working best. So mobile measurement and attribution partners who help provide uh, those insights are even more important. Mobile attribution platforms determine which campaigns, partners, and channels delivered each app install. And marketers rely on these insights to measure and optimize their marketing performance for both user acquisition and retargeting campaign. With 1 trillion in-app events measured each month, AppsFlyer is the most robust technology platform and mobile measurement partner for any game developer to distribute and engage their application to a worldwide consumer base. Our scale and data insights provide customers with unique ability to make informed marketing decisions. In short, AppsFlyer gives you the data and tools to market your games effectively. So there you have it, folks. Go to appsflyer.com and get yourself one of the best attribution platforms out there. Hey, welcome everybody. We're back with another UA Coffee Talk. As usual, we have our regular hosts, Nebo Radovich and John Lau. And from our last UA Coffee Talk, we have once again, Mate Lansarek. So the topic of conversation today is essentially, with so many changes happening with the role and scope of performance marketing, how do we think the role as a UA marketer will change in the short term and the longer term future? So more specifically, we want to focus on three things. One, key trends. What are the trends driving changes in the performance marketing function and as a UA marketer? Second, brand marketing. So how much do we think brand marketing becomes a part of the overall marketing mix for mobile marketing teams in the future? And third, new skills and how to prepare. So given the upcoming changes, what skills will current performance marketers need to develop and how can they be more effective in the future? And so, yeah, before we dive in, you know, what, what are you guys drinking in terms of coffee? I've got, I saw some hate on some Slack channels about Blue Bottle, but that, <laughs> that's what I'm drinking. Oh, there you go. What about you guys? Well, I do have my, uh, my double espresso over here. <laughs> All right. You got your usual black, John peach. and Nebo? Uh, actually, not, not, not black today. Uh, okay. I have a peach Sumatra with a, uh, two drops of agave syrup. So, so sweet in there today. Fancy, fancy. fancy. Uh, going overboard with those tea drops. Yeah, I got, I got uh, an espresso machine in a Starbucks cup. So representing San Francisco. See nice. It. All right. Well, maybe we could jump right in, starting with the trends impacting performance marketing. So in your opinions, guys, what are the key things happening? And what do you guys think will be changing as far as, you know, the function and the specific role for a UA marketer? I think we can all agree uh, these days the, the change is, is here and it's, it's inevitable. And 
the thing is happening on, on Facebook and on, on Google as well. Like everything is moving towards like these VO value optimized campaigns and purchase optimized campaigns. And, and uh, what worked before when we had like hundreds of campaigns uh, in, in one, one account now changed to three or four or five campaigns. So it's it got much simpler, simpler uh, these days. And with like these algorithms and like campaign budget optimizations um, going forward, I think that the like the huge marketing teams will shrink uh, because nowadays, I mean, I can like just by myself uh, manage like one million budget on Facebook or Google, or with uh, like one or maximum three other guys uh, like to manage the whole bunch of uh, UA ad networks. And basically, like um, so, so managing Facebook and Google with smaller smaller group, and then um, trying to build like bit automations for the ad networks, that, which saves a lot of time, is um, is the direction I, I see the the U is going at the moment. Uh, I I think um, uh, we covered this a little bit in the some of the previous podcasts, but as as Matt said, everything's getting simpler. Like machine learning is taking over. Yeah. Facebook is introducing their own version of UAC. Like there, all the trends are pointing towards like more of a level playing field, a situation, simpler tools, and uh, and the focus is moving away from having large media buying teams to having bigger creative teams or. Uh, having like UA working more closely with product to in order to kind of increase the market, the marketing appeal of the game. Uh, and the last bit is like consolidation is consolidation is continuing. Facebook and Google are becoming bigger and bigger. It's harder to like leverage ad networks right now than what was the case a few years ago. So it just uh, everything's kind of pointing towards the same uh, point, which is Facebook and Google basically completely taking over. Uh, and machine learning again, what they said is is the last one. I think I'm just echoing what Bate and Nipo said. Traditionally, no, I, I think I've said this before, in, in user acquisition, there's only three levers a marketer can really pull. One is targeting. Um, the other one is like bid budget optimization. The third one is creatives. And over the last couple of years, you've seen like both the targeting and the bid budget optimization being increasingly more automated to the point today. Like Bate said, back when I did, I, I was introduced for Facebook buying on interest targeting, keyword targeting, and power editor, you know, you needed a team <laughs> of six people to you know, manage hundreds of campaigns. Now you're right, three campaigns, put everything into a bucket and let the algorithm go itself. So yes, the teams will be smaller, but more importantly is the, uh, the function of the role has changed, right? You no longer need a, a team of analysts to do these like minute level tinkering to squeeze out the maximum efficiency of all the different things you're trying to achieve. You might need only a, a few hands to keep the things rolling. And then like Limbo said, focus portion of the time into other activities such as working closer with product or maybe doing more user funnel analysis and creative analysis. So I'm seeing that shift. So with the current trends happening, then what will distinguish a fantastic performance marketer from a mediocre performance you know, UA marketer. Is it just like cr the creatives process? And I know Mate, we talked about your creatives framework before, but would it just be more around having a process, a framework, or understanding how to come up with winning creatives? Or what, what do you guys think in terms of how do you get that alpha or how do you become better at your craft? 
I think what this eventually is going to lead to is that UA is going to be so like very simple and it's going to be commoditized to a certain extent, which is going to bring a lot of kind of experts, which might not be really experts because like, you know, it's simple to do UA. So you don't really, you don't really need to do much to be good at it. So if you want to be, and I had this, uh, I had this conversation with Justin, uh, Michael, maybe you guys know him. Uh, he's uh, very active on, on LinkedIn. He asked me like, what makes a great UA manager great? And I think it's basically just understanding the, the understanding the bigger picture, understanding how the product works, how different uh, uh, UA uh, levers impact product metrics, uh, understanding creative really well, and how different types of creative impact like retention, ROI, etc. And then making sure that you can uh, leverage all the available uh, all the available kind of levers to, to do better. Not necessarily just UA ones, but work with the product team, work with the creative team, test different things, be curious, test things from different industries, etc. Just understanding UA is not uh, enough anymore because there's there won't be much to understand, uh, unfortunately. <laughs> and and you know you need to like be you need to be like more versatile and to like understand uh, other things outside of just media buying if you want to be world class. Uh, that's kind of my my way of seeing this. Then you need to grow a mustache. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and wear a cowboy hat. Yeah. One comment from my side. I mean, um, as you said, the like understanding the only way uh, doesn't won't work anymore. But I think like the understanding of like the whole game industry and the business um, is very very much important. Like where to spend money, how to spend money, and like spending as spending those UA money as it's your own money because you know that's really important. And uh, yeah, I would say some like understanding the whole business and how the gaming works uh, with different genres. That's that should be really important and, and sets the the UA uh, UA people apart. So I think I'm gonna say something that I think a lot of people won't agree with. But traditionally in performance marketing, we try to differentiate ourselves from like let's say brand marketers overall, right? But fundamentally, I have a very romanticized version of what I think marketing is. The fundamental difference for me is that unlike 50 years ago, it's about how to tell a story on a newspaper or on a 20 years ago to, uh, telling a story on a 60 second or 30 second spot on TV. Our job today is how do, how can we tell a clear and concise story to a consumer in three to 10 seconds? The differentiation between us and what we consider as traditional brand marketing is being able to tell that story in three to 10 seconds and at the same time measure the success of how well we told that story. So right now, what I'm seeing is as a UA person in the last five years, that hasn't existed. I don't think people are focused on telling the story. They're focused on just data, which is not a bad thing per se, but now once that data either starts to go away, you don't have access to that data, or let's say you have less visibility in that data, then you kind of have to default back into what a traditional definition of a marketer is, is understanding how to tell great stories, whether that is storyboarding or working with the creative team to coming up with different creatives that makes sense, that can drive higher uh, IPMs. It's not okay just to say that my job is to A-B test creatives. No, my job is to be empathetic enough to put myself in the shoes of the user and understand for my user target, what can I create to get them to drive to that click? And I'm not talking about click creating clickbaity titles and stuff like that, but... <laughs> 
when I work with uh, some startups and do some consulting, I always say like, what is something that you want to communicate to your user in three seconds or less? And how can you achieve that? Right. So I think a great UA marketer moving forward needs to have that mindset a little bit more. Definitely keep that analytical uh, capability, but just the analysis part is no longer enough. You know? Why? Why would you say like uh, a lot of people won't agree with you? I mean, this is like really, really important. And and what you just said, I mean, the understanding of your target audience and what resonates well, it's very very important and that's that's how you can say that story and like i've had arguments with people about this oh okay that, that <laughs> like I've, i literally had like ua professionals really okay in, in in our world that has told me like well it's not my job uh, to worry about right. creatives and and then i i thought like, i'm at a loss when i hear something like that but and there, you, there but, you go that's that's how you differentiate between let's say mediocre ua managers and the other ones but well, not say that they are. I, I, see, but... <laughs> I see it more as like a, a philosophical difference. Or yeah, okay. I, I think it's more like for them, they're more of like, for me, it's like, okay, then you're more of a data analyst, right? Then you're, I wouldn't, I wouldn't really define you as a marketer. And then to, to Nebo's point is about working more with product. I think for uh, a UA manager, you have to be on top of telling a better story is to start to really understand user funnel analysis, not only how to bring the user in, but how to keep the user in. I think that is going to be also very important. But thank you for for uh, validating my point. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, let's now shift over to brand marketing, right? And so I think historically, especially gaming companies, brand has generally has not been very much of the budget or have much of a role in terms of the marketing function, especially at mobile free-to-play game studios. But sounds like, Nebo, if I'm right about network, sounds like you guys are shifting a bit more to brand. It seems like with the current trends happening that some people are making the argument that brand's going to become increasingly more part of the overall function. So just wanted to get your thoughts in terms of what do you guys think as far as how much does brand marketing become part of the, the marketing function and if so, how much, like what percent of budget and things like that do you think it, it becomes in the future? Yeah, th th that's correct. I mean, we started exploring brand marketing a little more. Uh, and I think one, one thing that's important to, to mention here is that brand marketing, for like brand marketing, you need to have a product that's accessible to like large or larger audiences. So brand marketing doesn't always work. Like if you have a, you know, if you have, if you have like a niche product or like a, a core game, it's much harder to like, be successful with brand marketing unless there are some very specific like niche audiences or like niche kind of media outlets etc so the main the first point here is if your product is tetris and you want to like you know tetris pretty much doesn't need you don't need a tutorial in tetris pretty much every single person in the world knows how to play tetris it's a very accessible product right and then you can apply some of these top of the funnel strategies like uh, strategies like brand marketing because they could work. The other thing with brand marketing is like if you use the kind of user acquisition or performance marketing hat to like look at brand marketing, it won't work because it takes longer. You need to build brand awareness. You need to make sure you understand where and how like you're doing uh, brand marketing in order to succeed. And I think most performance marketers don't have patience to do that. And kind of like my third point on like why potentially brand marketing could become bigger is 
that uh, what happens if uh, what happens if device AV really goes away, right? Like uh, if you're not able to analyze performance marking efforts at the user level, then it pretty much becomes brand performance, right? So understanding brand marketing and understanding like alternative strategies to do UA is going to be really helpful because pretty much performance marketing might be done in the same way brand marketing is done or perform brand performance marketing is done right now with like doing a lot of lift analysis, understanding incrementality, understanding where the users are coming from, et cetera. So, so you know, if you pick all of these boxes, like you have a product, like your, your company or like a, a company has a product that's accessible enough, brand marketing can absolutely work. And I think more dollars will move into that direction. The last bit is if Facebook and Google become too expensive, uh, for a lot of uh, for a lot of uh, developers, brand marketing might become more attractive as, of, of an option. Uh, think about maybe seriously, like they, you guys probably read a bunch of their kind of case studies on on podcast marketing, like radio ads. They did a lot of like brand marketing things because their product is again accessible, and you know it could be that other channels are just too expensive for that type of product, and they have to kind of explore alternative strategies. That's my view on it. Hopefully, it makes sense. Well, it makes sense, but uh, you know, for, for me as a, as a UA manager, uh, I would definitely like uh, choose spending uh, more on uh, on the traditional performance marketing channels. Yeah, absolutely. So, so it's it's a different strategy. If you have a game that's making I don't know, a hundred thousand dollars a month, you can completely rely on on performance marketing. But once you start kind of expanding your audience. Uh, you have to look for alternative strategies, and 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 brand marketing is one of them, right? If you wanna if you wanna spend ten million dollars a month versus like hundred thousand dollars a month, brand marketing becomes a very, very attractive option, simply because it's hard to spend that money efficiently on 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 performance marketing channels. And again, what happens if like the device ID goes away? Like, how efficient are you gonna be on uh, at tracking your performance marketing? efforts you know that's that's a big uh, unknown right now uh, but it might happen that all the marketing becomes brand what brand marketing is today um, so if that happens in five to ten years who should be running the the free-to-play mobile marketing team should it be a performance marketer or a brand marketer uh, i mean i mean it depends i think it should be a performance marketer because it's such a data intensive job you need to understand what's going in the product as well not not just on the on the marketing side of things yeah. uh, but things will change right. uh, and I think it, it's beneficial for all of us here to understand how brand marketing works because that might be one of the that might be one of the future states right like where brand marketing just become more dominant as a result of removal of performance marketing kind of levers like device city when you are talking about like brand marketing, what kind of like brand marketing activities you are talking about? TV ads, um, podcast, radio, out of home, anything else? I mean, all of it. I mean, even like back to Machine Zone, we did pretty much all of these and we measured them in a performance marketing way. It just, the way you measure it is using probabilistic methods and not deterministic methods, which is device ID. So it's a little different, but like there are ways, a lot of big advertisers actually like measure their brand marketing, right? So it's not, it's not really, it's not that like, hey, 50% of all the money is being wasted. It's better tracked, better measured. It's just not, you know, measured at device level, which is very convenient when you're doing performance marketing. But again, what happens if that goes away? 
are you going to start like considering doing more brand marketing because you don't have like the same level of granularity of data on the performance side? Maybe, right? I mean, I'm trying to also to kind of provoke your, uh, you guys a little bit and to see what your <laughs> Yeah, I can are. see that. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, there's, there's a couple of things you could define like what brand marketing is, right? There, one, one thing you could say is there's post-install brand, building post-install brand affinity. Right, uh, a user who's already playing your game, but how can you build that brand loyalty within that user? I think that is within the realm of what a performance marketer can do. Right, when you're doing re-engagement, retargeting campaigns, that's part of that process. Uh, and then there's the kind of new user brand recognition, which is what I guess we we here would traditionally define as brand marketing, buying on TV recognition. But let's look beyond gaming for a second. Right, what if you are like one of the video messaging apps. Discord just launched a lot of features that rival Zoom, for example. Does it make sense for them to go out there and do a bunch of performance marketing buying on Facebook? Or can they actually do some brand campaigns where they can't do deterministic uh, measurement? But for me, I think it makes sense, right? With the shelter-in-place world right now and the recognizability of Discord and just saying, hey, we have these new features. I think that there's certain areas where brand marketing has a very, very good fit. And to Joe's point earlier about in five years, is it going to be a brand marketer and a performance marketer? I honestly believe that that distinction will not be there in five to 10 years, right? It's just, are you a marketer? That's it. We've already seen performance marketer needing to pick up more skill sets that is traditionally more aligned with what a brand marketer is. And then brand marketers finding themselves today having to be much more data-driven and much more data-centric than they were, let's say, five years ago. So if anything, you're seeing this kind of meeting in the middle of what a marketer is. What's happening in my point of view is a redefining of what a digital marketer is in our world. And there is not going to be a, a clear distinction between, oh, you are brand, I am performance, I do this, you do that. I think it's going to be a lot of, we're going to be doing a lot of the same things. And going back to why I say it's it really just come back down to like, are you telling a, a, a story well and effectively and driving incremental value? Well, uh, from my point of view, you know, um, if I'm, um, making a, a decision if uh, like spending one million or, or two million for for brand or or traditional UA at the moment, then I would go for the traditional UA um, anytime. In five years, well, I don't know what's gonna happen next year, um, so uh, I don't know. I don't know, but then I'm definitely open for like exploring and trying to understand more, not only brand but any other. Um, uh, UA methods that uh, that are going to be there just because again as you said like it's not going to be brand UA I don't know or media buying it's going to be just marketing definitely all right so then last kind of area would be new skills and how to prepare for the coming changes as far as UA and so I wanted to really understand what you guys think is going to be necessary and we've kind of talked about this a little bit in terms of like potentially having to be more holistic, probably having to have a wider set of skills. But 
if you guys could talk about what you what specific skills do you think people are going to have to develop and what specifically that they'll have to do to be able to get better and i can kind of you know and it seems like when i think about this i kind of think about it in a few ways one is in terms of like depth like how deep will performance marketers have to go from like a data analysis perspective right so are they going to have to be able to you know figure out their own how to come up with their own multiples model or ROAS yield curves or even down to the trying to determine how much margin that that you're trying to get from users and building your own cash flow uh you know model and then in terms of like breadth in terms of not only having marketing skills but also product skills uh, so that you understand exactly how the product works and how to optimize products so there's like the depth component, the breadth component. And then for me, there's also the strategy component. So I mentioned before that we talked with Mate in terms of having a creatives framework, but I think that from a strategic perspective, will the future performance marketer not only have to have a, a framework in terms of creatives optimization, but also in terms of like a growth framework, right? Understanding uh, whether it's a funnel or all the different key things that impact growth for the product. And I, that's something I haven't seen from a lot of UA marketers, right? And like having a model that you would have at a company like a Facebook or other companies that would show you exactly how growth is impacted by different things that you do at the product level as well. But all right, so just like handing it over to you guys. What do you guys think? You're answering your own question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> First of all, I think it depends on the size of the company too. Um, so the larger a company you are, maybe the, there's going to be a lot more separation and function, but I think from a, you're hundred percent correct in terms of the depth and breadth, right? So if you go back to, at least when I started doing UA, my day to day is really come in, pull my reports, uh, do channel level optimization, do campaign level optimization, do, uh, and a lot of it is working with numbers right just looking at a spreadsheet or some type of reporting and then tinkering now moving forward some of the new skill sets that we we talked about is doing more on the creative side and understanding like how is the create how does a creative come together how do we drive a a work with the creative team and understanding their the flow how to dictate creative direction to drive uh, a better user conversion on the impression level. And then on the on the uh, far side, that the down the funnel uh, to Nebo's point is working much more with our product team to analyze the user funnel, right? A lot of times we talk about uh, creating LTV models and it's UA's role to calculate what our recoup and break even points are, so on and so forth. but. That a piece that's always been missing within the UA realm is how do we keep that user in our funnel? How do we retain that user? From a traditional perspective, that's always been product's job, right? We bring that user in and then uh, we focus on top of the funnel and then the product will focus more on like everything else. Now, I think now what you're, what I'm seeing is marketers have to better understand the entirety of the funnel from bringing that user on how we keep that user engaged and then how we get that user come back if they were to churn out and that becomes a much more product-centric role and working much closer with product to define kpi so why should 
UA define what our ROAS targets should be. If anything, it should be a collaboration with product to figure what those goals should be. And I think a lot of teams are going to shift towards that. A lot of people are going to have to learn how to do that. I know, for example, Network, Nebo, they've been doing this for years, but most teams beyond Network has not. So learning how to collaborate with these other teams, but also operating in tandem is going to be something that's uh, that's uh, most marketers are going to have to learn to do. I think we, we touched this, um, uh, not sure if uh, during or after our last uh, last discussion, like the UA, UA managers should be also um, able to talk to the, the C-level guys and the C-level and the executives about like budgeting and, and LTV curves and, and draws and like all the overall overall spend, spend or, or growth or scale strategy to point the, the, the whole business into, into the growth direction. So, so basically not only working very closely to the, with the product team, but also like with the, as you mentioned, uh, with the creative team and understand the, the creative flow and also like um, connecting the creative team with the product team. So everybody's on the same page. And I'm not sure like how, how UA teams can, can build uh, like their own um, ROAS yield curves and, and everything. I mean, like like moving to the data science you mentioned, that would be amazing. I mean, I have to admit, I don't even know how to SQL and, and these kind of stuff. So <laughs> that's something that I need to definitely learn in the future. But uh, like data-centric and, and creativity, that's definitely something on the, on the UA plate that should be uh, considered in the future. Yeah, I mean, I agree with uh, with Mate's and and John's points. Um, basically, I I have like three different kind of categories of like future UA professionals. One is kind of creative plus plus. The other one is product plus plus, and the third one is like data plus plus. Basically, people will move away from media buying, uh, like or they're focused from media buying. They'll focus in one of these kind of categories. It's either going to be like understanding creative really well and working with, uh, you know, being like UA creative professional understanding uh, the product really well and being kind of product UA uh, professional or understanding, you know, uh, the plumbing process and data really well and being kind of data analyst UA professional. Um, and, and what this is going to basically, you know, you'll have UA professionals who understand really well how to like build creative, where creative gets served, what's the performance by placement, what's the performance by network, et cetera, and then help the, the creative team, uh, help inform the creative team what are the kind of creatives that need to be built the role of the product UA professional will be to kind of bridge the gap between product and UA and, and help product. So just to give you like one background story, it's like I, I see products, uh, products pivoting away from their original kind of gameplay because uh, they're coming up with different uh, ad concepts that are working really well. And they're now changing the product to like implement some of the ad ideas in the game. Uh, maybe you saw like Hero Wars or like Wildscapes they're doing that right now where they're basically implementing misleading ads in the game gameplay. That's basically where like the product UA person is going to play a very important role. It's like, hey, let's find highly converting uh, concepts on the ad side of things and then try to implement them in the game to improve the retention, monetization, whatnot. And the last one is uh, the data, like the data analyst UA professional, which is going to be in charge of or basically just uh, building all these like, uh, you know, LTV models, making sure that in case, again, like a device ID goes away, that there are systems in place that help you 
understand where and how the money is being spent. So that, that's how I see it. And the focus will definitely move away from media buying itself because it's going to get slightly easier and it will require less time. Maybe we could break down these, these areas a little more specifically, but from your perspective, as far as depth, and when I mean depth, maybe more depth around data analysis, you know, quantitative analysis, things like that, how deep should someone, should a UA marketer be? Like how much should they rely on the data science team versus themselves doing all, you know, the kind of analysis and modeling? Like what, what, what do you guys think? Should they move deeper on the data side in the future or should they, in the five to 10 years from now, given current trends, they should still rely on some type of data science, data engineer type of person? I think depending, working with a data science team is, I don't see an issue with that. But from a UA perspective, like you need to at least understand how the model is derived. Right. What are the variables that go in? And I have, what I've seen is a lot of marketers, they don't care. Like they say, hey, someone else creates a model. Just give me a goal and I'll hit it. Right. I did my job. And I think that's a fundamental mentality that needs to go away. Like today is this I did my job type mentality. Yeah. And by the way, we can, we can talk about this in the future, but the, the models I see to get res, like yield targets and stuff like that, they're all very simple. <laughs> no, I, I know, I know. It's, and, and they're not even like uh, uh, that difficult to come, like the math behind it is not that. Right. I think really what it is is like understanding like how is the LTV model derived, right, right, right. right? And how that backs out into whatever like break-even goal you have or 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 ROAS goal you have. Like if, and, and when I say understanding it, I'm not saying most, most marketers can understand the math behind it, but the willingness to even look into it is right. not there for some people. And I think that's important. And I think Mate had a really good point about uh, uh, marketers being much more engaged with the executive level. I think for me, I'll broaden that definition a little bit and uh, saying that marketers or uh, performance marketers need to better understand a broader business goal of the company. And what I mean by that is a lot of different companies have a lot of different business goals. So if you are a mom and pop startup studio and your goal is to uh, break even, right? Your pre-revenue, you want to achieve profitability and sustainability very, very quickly. How you approach UA is going to be very different compared to a company that's trying to go public. And your business goals are very, very different. The way you measure is going to be very, very different. I've worked at both of these type of companies and I've seen friction within the UA team where people take the mom and pop uh, gaming startup mentality and trying to apply that to a company that's trying to go public. And that fundamentally doesn't work because the business goal is different. The way you buy is going to be different. And I think understanding what the broader business goals are, having that communication with the executives, having very honest conversation with the executives about, okay, if you want me to achieve this growth goal, what it means is that this is how it's going to impact the margin and have, and being upfront about that. I think that those are some of the sk communication skills that marketers are going to have to become. And then in terms of breadth, I mean, Nebo, I know you mentioned there's like, there's a potential focus on data, there's a potential focus on creative, there's potential focus in terms of getting deeper in skills on product side. Is it realistic to think that one UA marketer could be good at all those different things or should they specialize in one of those, in some of those areas? What, what, what do you guys think? Nebo can. 
Uh, <laughs> besides Nemo, can the normal human being? I mean, I, 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 mustache, you can do everything you want. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's where my like strength lies. I mean, it, it's hard, like, uh, uh, you know, just understanding all these things without like a lot of experience in each. You, you need to have like a, a very specific background to be able to understand creative product and data. And I think there's, you know, being specialized in each one of these has its benefits, which is why I would let leave the data science team or let the data science team continue what, doing what they're doing best, <laughs> which is come up with models and whatnot, because there's a reason why most like uh, most Rust models are simple, because most like large majority of UA people don't really understand complex math. And that's why you need to use multipliers <laughs> and, uh, you know, or just like a simple outputs like in whatever like whether that's you know uh some sort of report that the data science team builds or an email or whatnot uh that give you the answer what the kind of ROS is going to be so I, I would leave that to like the data science team because there is much more kind of knowledge that you need to have to be able to build sophisticated models that work uh, but in five to ten years does that is that data <laughs> science team get sucked up by facebook and google yeah, so, so that's, that's the point I wanted to bring up earlier. It's like a lot of those things you mentioned are going to be, I think, are going to be changed by microservices. Like, you know, you, you, you said, you, you mentioned like LTV modeling, you know, they might be just done by like an external tool. Uh, there, you had like a few, few, you mentioned a few different things that could be easily done by some third-party service. Yeah. And in that case, you know, the focus is going to probably move more towards strategy, working with product, et cetera, and less on uh, being super nerdy about doing your job. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, Facebook and Google are, are like purposely trying to make everything easier so you don't have to deal with it and they can have more control and, you know, higher margins. Okay. Back, back to like those three, those three points uh, or the areas. I think like it's all about like what do you prefer, I would say, because I, for, for my, from my perspective, I prefer more to, to lean into the, the creative level more than like to you know, working with the with the product guys, well, obviously working with them as well, but like going very deep in in the creatives, that's that's my kind of thing. I think from a uh, let's say if you're leading a performance marketing team, um, typically what happens is if you're at a senior or maybe like a senior director or like even head of performance marketing level, you're no longer doing the day to day trafficking or campaign management, right? Because you're a little far removed and. What I see is with a lot of the UA team leads, uh, the necessity to be more of a jack of all trades. So to Nebo's point, maybe you're not just creative plus plus or data plus plus or product plus plus. Maybe you're creative plus data plus product plus. So you have an understanding of how each function works and you could actually have engaging conversations with those separate teams so that you could, it's almost as if you're acting more of a strategic liaison now for your underlying UA team uh, with the other functions in the company um, and being able to communicate and bridge those gaps. That's kind of what I'm seeing in, in more of a creative leadership role. So maybe we could end on just this final point about as a UA marketer today, given the trends happening, given what we've talked about in terms of skills, whether it's creative plus plus, product plus plus or whatever, what should people be doing right now to prepare for the kind of future, the, the future role of a UA marketer in five to 10 years? What should people be doing today? Starting with you, John. 
um, there you go. I think um, pray. No, um, that's one thing. Uh, no, no. Honestly, understanding going, uh, understanding how to be more empathetic, to be able to put yourself in the user's shoes is going to be very important more and more, especially with the brand and performance coming together. That's going to be much more important going forward. It's no longer okay just to say I'm I'm an analyst. I have the analytical ability to break things down. No, you need to be able to tell a story and tell a story well. And then on the flip side of that is really focusing on how to create great creatives to drive better conversions. We already talked about how platforms are taking the ability, uh, the the targeting ability or the optimization ability away from the marketer. So your remaining lever is that first impression that you're making with the user and how to optimize that in a great way. That's, That's what I think. Just uh, just a quick quick comment. I think um, like as as you and marketers, like what is really important, and, and I, I mentioned this before, you still need to really deeply understand your target audience, so you can you can tell the story, you can you know acquire those users, and this is this is not going away. So this is really important, you know, to see what what's resonating well with your target audience, who they are, what are their um, interest and everything so yeah this is going to be very well it's it's still important and it's not going any uh, anyway yeah i mean i agree uh with everything they said i would just bring one more like uh share one more point so just understand the product really well and don't get fooled by the fact like it's easier to do ua right now or like to manage campaigns because there's fewer campaigns and fewer levers uh just focus on other things understand the product understand creative how each one of those impacts retention, monetization, uh, cost, and you know that's going to help you in the future, whatever that future is. So, um, yeah, that's my kind of motivation. I, I actually had a very interesting conversation with uh, a chief product officer at the company yesterday, and uh, one thing she said that I, I can really jive with is the fact that she said product managing or on the product side of things, it's really about optimization. Right, you're optimizing uh, different efficiencies within the user lifecycle, and when she put it in that way, I was like, "Oh wow, okay." From a UA perspective, that's kind of what we do, right? So there's a lot of different alignment there. And going back to what I was saying about the whole storytelling, the reason why I'm really focusing on that and being uh, being able to put yourself in the place of the user is because that's not genre specific, right? If you could do that well in gaming you can shift over to e-commerce and plug into that and be able to do the same thing, understanding product, understanding what your user needs are. What we've seen is initially performance marketing started in gaming and then you see this kind of like gaming uh, professionals going to other industries. So we know that a lot of us will not stay in a single genre. So looking at what are the skill sets that are not specific to gaming, but that can apply to gaming, uh, gig-based economies, you know, last mile logistics, um, travel, and so on and so forth, it's going to be important. And I think a lot of marketers have to ask yourself what those skills are. Awesome. All right. Well, I think that's it. I mean, the one thing I think that would might be useful and practical for people, and I don't know if it makes sense to follow up on this, would be to actually create a very specific, like, skills matrix, right? So, like, uh, the creatives, uh, you know, creative, yeah. data, 
product and have very specific skills in under each bucket around what practically or specifically should people learn in order to tee up for the future. But I, I don't know, may, maybe we can work on, on that on a future coffee talk we, or something. But we can work, yeah, we can work on that. And, but we need to be sure that uh, we keep that updated because I think like what's, sure. what's, uh, what's going to be there now, uh, not going to be there in, in one year, two years, or, or maybe three years, in five years, I think. So it's, right. it's going to be a, lo- a long run. Yeah. And I think the one other thing maybe we could talk about in the future is if this role to, to the point that we didn't talk about too much yet is in terms of what does it mean to be more strategic as a UA marketer, right? And so whether that's, uh, again, a creative framework or your growth framework, growth equation, what does that look like? What would be a specific way of developing something like that for a free-to-play mobile product? Maybe that's something we could also touch upon in the future. But for now, thanks, guys. Uh, Another UA Coffee Talk in the books. Thank you very much, guys. And until next time, catch you all later. Thank you very much. Thanks. Bye. Thanks. Bye.